Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show, hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have news that the Bucks have just hired Lisa Byington, the first full-time female play-by-play announcer in men's major sports history. So a huge move for the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, being trailblazers once again. Uh, Byington will be replacing... Uh, Jim Patchkey's role, of course, with 35 years of experience under his belt, he will uh, be enjoying himself uh, during retirement here. Um, but yeah, great news from the Milwaukee Bucks being uh, showing showing again that they're a extremely inclusive franchise. Um, but Byington has qu- quite a resume for herself. Um, she was also the first woman to do play-by-play um, this past March for uh, the men's NCAA tournament. She was part of the first all-female broadcast to call an MLS game. She's called uh, select games for the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Sky. Um, she played both basketball and soccer at Northwestern. So um, quite an athlete up herself. And um, of course, this isn't the first time that the Bucks have uh, yeah, gone ahead and uh, contributed to progress within our society here. Of course, they uh, Zora Stevenson was involved in becoming the first woman to call a single Bucks a game this past April against the Charlotte Hornets in the absence of Jim Patchkey. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing from Lisa. She uh, had a message that was shared to fans via the uh, Milwaukee Bucks social uh, channels, of course, just talking about how excited she is to join uh, the Bucks and their championship crew. And um, maybe most notably, she uh, implored any Bucks fans who are out there, if they happen to run into her throughout the community, that that she would welcome um, anyone introducing themselves uh, as she uh, as she joins us here, a part of our journey to hopefully repeat here. Another um, kind of fun point here was uh, I forget if this was just this past week, but quite recently, I believe uh, Jim Paschke was able to hit the greens with. Uh, <laughs> um, with Giannis Antetokounmpo, I, th- I think that I think that's what people would uh, think. That's an analogy for golf out there. Uh, it could be something else, but uh, Jim Paschke and I believe it was Giannis and possibly others uh, hit the links. That's more so what I was going for. Um, and Jim got to hold the Larry O'Brien Trophy, maybe for the first time, because um, of course, although Giannis honored Paschke during the um, Initial post-game celebration of the NBA championship, uh, wearing his I Heart Patchkey shirt. Uh, Patchkey was 
uh, had a bout with COVID earlier this summer, I believe. So he wasn't able to be around the team during that time. So uh, um, it's awesome that uh, Jim is able to be honored for his uh, incredible contributions to to the team. And of course, uh, his enormous shoes are being filled by someone who uh, who we expect to make an impact here right away. Um, some other talking points that I heard, heard a lot more this week and uh, we haven't quite covered as much is uh, the possibility of Grayson Allen um, becoming a starter for the Milwaukee Bucks, of course, to start the year. Um, you know, I, I know I probably did not come off particularly excited about, about the signing. I mean, well, rather the trade, of course, the transaction was a, was a total win for the Bucks, um, only giving up, uh, no draft compensation, uh, big, bigger than a second round pick. And also, uh, and then also Sam Merrill, who, um, of course is just a rookie this last year and is still, uh, quite unproven. So getting Grayson Allen back for him is huge as Allen started, I believe, 38 of the 50 games that he played for the Grizzlies this past year. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Maybe sometimes I'm just a bit too much of a homer um, because it takes me some time to buy to buy into the to the to the newcomers. But of course, that that kind of bit me in the butt last offseason when I when I wasn't as excited about Bobby Portis. And now um, and now he's he's uh he, he's he's not even having to pick up his own bills at a at, at the corner store. So, um, I mean, there's yeah, especially with the opportunity that Grayson will get right away. There's no reason to think that he can't have a similar app, uh, similar impact this year. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. So, lockdown bucks was sort of uh, they had they brought in. Um, a Grizzlies analyst to talk about Grayson Allen and and it kind of got me just a little bit more hyped up about the possibility of him uh, at least filling in for Dante in the meantime um, and perhaps I was I, I could have been wrong because um, now now I have a, a little bit more more confidence that Grayson might be a, a bit closer to Dante than than he is to Pat um, and I, I mean that as a compliment but but yeah, I mean, just just looking at his numbers, and that doesn't tell the full story. And I can't go back and watch uh, all fifty of those Grizzlies games. But um, yeah, on on paper, Grayson and Dante's stats are um, are incredibly similar. Um, just off by uh, Dante last year for the Bucks had uh, ten point four points to Grayson's ten point six. Um, they both shot in somewhat. Uh, more so like the lower 40% range in field goal percentage, which, which isn't too hot, but they, they also both lingered uh, between the 39 and the 42% uh, percent range for three-point shooting. Um, we, we all know that, that Dante has a little bit more off the dribble game than Grayson Allen does. I know the, the Grizzlies analyst that was on Lockdown Bucks uh, admitted that, that you won't want Grayson necessarily taking taking your your difficult end of shot clock uh threes but um but yeah he can definitely still um still be a knockdown shooter for us and um and the uh, grizzlies analyst on, on lockdown bucks said that even if he can't create uh, as much for himself off the, off the dribble as dante um grayson uh 
has an ability to always to always be in the right spot and and find himself find himself open behind the three point line, um, moving off the ball and 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 uh, filling the lane, get, getting to his spots for maybe some transition threes, uh, which sometimes we know the Bucks take too many of. But um, but if you know if if you already got a great great shot with with uh, with the floor spread around Giannis. Uh, it's good to, ha- good to have a guy like Grayson as a knockdown shooter open from the wing. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's like at, at the end of the day to with or without Dante having, have, uh, you know, I, I still feel the more I think about it, the, the more, uh, optimistic I, I do feel about having, uh, having guys like Hill, Bobby, and then Pat and eventually Grayson, as as our uh six through nine uh guy guys off the bench um and of course we still ha- have our top end talent there that were, that was able to bring its championship last year so um yeah i'm feeling much better about the grayson allen uh acquisition especially for um the the small pieces that we gave up for him and and of course um you know, we'll we'll see how it play, plays out next off season. Um, if one of Grayson or Dante and end up uh, exceeding their expectations more more than the other, what that means for which one of the two will end up retaining. Um, you know, we still have we still have a, a lot a lot of hope for Dante. Um, you know, him him being him being a young younger piece of this franchise, and we have we have a lot of hopes for him, um, but. He he, def- he definitely has the potential to um, to uh, get a pretty penny la- last off season, and we saw with with PJ Tucker this year, we might not uh, quite uh, be in the position to to pay Dante if uh, if the, if he has the year that we believe he can. Because um, with P- with with PJ, we saw this year that re- really that two year fifteen million dollar deal that he signed with the Heat would have really been. More like a two-year, thirty thirty-one million dollar deal for the Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, and uh, you know if all goes right for Dante, he'll be he'll be getting uh, at least a materially larger uh, average annual salary than uh, than uh, PJ's seven point five million dollars. Uh, yeah, and then I guess last note here that I thought was was interesting, of course, um, Grayson and Dante. I mentioned they were only point uh, two points per game. Uh, a part in the points per game column with uh, Grayson having the slight advantage, but um, I think my reason for my initial negative reaction was was just the thought that that um, obviously the Bucks had a lot more success than the Grizzlies last year. So if we're swapping in um, Grace Grayson out, or yeah, I guess if we're if we're swapping in um, the like the fourth or fifth starter uh, from the Grizzlies to the Bucks, that might not be a great sign. Um, Especially if if uh, you're one of the fans who's of the opinion that that Grayson could outplay Dante, I think that would that does not bode well, uh, really, really for the Bucks. But yeah, but still, um, I think I think Dante being able to be a ten point per game scorer on the Milwaukee on the on the Milwaukee Bucks means a lot more than Grayson uh, doing so with the Memphis Grizzlies, but. We'll just have to wait, wait and see what they got for us this year, and uh, see how Dante looks. Um, speaking of which, I feel like I'm going to jump around here uh, as opposed to my initial plan and go uh, 
again with a bit of a shout out to Lock, Lockdown Bucks for sharing a listener question that they had and share and share with Twitter here, um, asking which which Bucks player other than our big three of Giannis, Chris, and Drew were most were most excited to see. And I'm going here because I think it I think it pretty much uh, it'll it'll likely boil down to to the two guys we were we were just talking about in Dante and Grayson to me, um, but. Um, there are plenty. There are plenty of other guys to bring up. I know um, someone I'm following on Twitter was was suggesting that, that Noir Noir would be that guy. But um, I mean, still at at best, he's he's probably our, our tenth guy on this roster. And and uh, yeah, for even even though he's shown shown to have uh, quite impressive scoring ability for a guy taken in the middle of the second round a year ago, he still was quite inconsistent in summer league and you know the idea of 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 other of other analysts that i trust was that was that it might be uh more telling if you struggle in summer league versus if you if you really succeed with the uh with the lesser talent pool there as opposed to nba action and noir was certainly up and down sometimes uh taking more taking more shots than um yeah ending up with more field goals attempted than than points scored that's uh Usually not, usually not pretty good to say the least. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I think that that to try to make this, try to take this out of a negative light. Um, I think, I think there's that might be a reason again to feel good about this Bucks roster because maybe maybe a month or so ago we we would have had to think about relying more on a Jordan Noir than we would have been comfortable with. And now I don't, I don't, I really don't think that we, that we will, uh, with getting Grayson on a bargain, uh, having George Hill come in when I don't know if, if many people saw that coming, we'll be getting Dante back, um, sooner rather than later, I believe, um, not at the start of the season, I don't think, but, um, perhaps that's something I should, I should look into. (laughs) And uh, be able to have offhand f- for the listeners out there, but uh, yeah, again, Bobby, Bobby on the bargain there. Um, and lastly, Brooke, Brooke was the other guy I had written down for someone um, we we might be excited to check out this year. Um, but honestly, I think that's he, he's he's been a guy to watch because he's obviously the oldest of our core here, our true core. Not not talking about anyone beyond um like our top seven here because i don't i i might guess that george hill's older than him but you wouldn't necessarily call george hill part of our core um but yeah brooke brooke as brooke as a starter and with her age i know with 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 his age um i know people have been looking to him and and see, seeing if he might fall off because of course that would very much hurt hurt our, our title chances if if he were to, I don't know, start start to enter, you know, somewhat of a decline, but this will be what his third or fourth season with us. I think this may be his fourth, and he really hasn't shown much a sign of slowing down. Um, you know, some some of his percentages might show that, but um, definitely this year he, he's he's shown that that he still has the ability to to put it on a to to put it on the floor at times. Even if moving at the speed of a glacier, he 
he he's able he's able to use his strength and, and barrel through uh, smaller guys and even get up for those lobs that sometimes the the bucks uh, the bucks throw up uh, more often than uh, more often than uh, bucks fans can have fun with. But yeah, I'm I'm certainly not counting uh, Brooke Lopez Brooke Lopez out, and I think that would just be one silly, but two. Um, yeah, this is still. This is still a summer of positivity here, being that we are the reigning NBA champions. Your friendly reminder of that uh, for this week. Um, and yeah, we deserve that. And the Bucks deserve that since since they've gone out and proven that um, that behind behind Giannis and Chris and Drew, they can really do it all and take home the ultimate prize. A um, couple quick points. Um focused on Giannis here is uh, more items that we've seen over social media just quickly. Um, I believe we saw more of Giannis baby pictures with, with him and his now two sons. Uh, of course, his his newborn has been rumored to uh, be named Maverick, uh, and that's per Jason Kidd, though, so of course you might take that with a grain of salt, and I know uh, many like my like my mother are... are uh, Waiting in bated breath to to see an see an official um, baby announcement with you know all those baby statistics that they that they that they throw out there. But then again, Giannis, especially this summer, has whole past year really has um, been in the spotlight more than ever. So respect to um, Giannis and Mariah if they want to. Uh, main, maintain their privacy and maybe not share all, all the details about their uh, few month olds and whatnot. Um, but back on the basketball court, something we don't get a ton, um, not as much as uh, Ben Simmons observers, but we got a Giannis uh, workout clip in, in which he's in which he's working on his jumpers. You could see him hitting hitting a few threes in a row and it looks like there might be an emphasis put on um shot looking a little less rickety and more smooth more of a more of a single motion there um just a prettier jump shot and uh usually a, usually a prettier jump shot uh correlates a bit with a, a prettier <laughs> three-point shooting percentage let's say um and this is one of the times when i was when I've sort of reminded about how far we've come with Giannis's development, because we know before we won, we won the championship, especially um, we'd hear some uh, lousy Twitter accounts talking about how, how big of a, how big of a mistake that the Bucks maybe had made in the past, uh, changing Giannis's jump shot from his rookie year, um, even comparing it to Kevin Durant's, which is uh, pretty absurd to me, but you could definitely see in, in the clips that I've seen on on Twitter, and maybe you guys have also seen there and elsewhere, that that Giannis's jump shot might might have looked a bit smoother and more 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 in a single motion um, his rookie year as opposed to now. But but uh, but of course we probably shouldn't minimize how much adding literally thirty pounds of muscle like Giannis did might have to do with that. Um, I mean. It, it is worth men- mentioning that his percentages were at least better his rookie year. Um, I believe he shot 34.7% from three his rookie year, but that was on half the attempts that 
um, that he's had since his like third or fourth year, um, which he's been shooting like 29% from three since then, but um, with more attempts. So yeah, perhaps it, perhaps it regressed to the mean there, but Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm still happy that, that Giannis is willing to take them. Of course, um, sometimes we'd like to, we'd like to see him be a bit more choosy with when he takes his threes and meaning just seeing if we can find a a better, a better opportunity, um, earlier in the shot clock, as opposed to him just immediately dribbling and pulling up from three in transition. But I think, I think he's, I think he's shown us, he's shown us the three in a variety of ways here. So, um, Still much better than a uh, than a Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, Zion, or Jaw situation. Um, you know, I mean, even even if guys aren't really respecting his three, um, you know, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna start respecting any anymore if he just completely decides to not shoot it at all. Um, and we're definitely not gonna count out him uh, improving any facet of his game because he's uh, given us no reason to. To think that he'll ever decline. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's half man, half amazing. The new Superman, as, as uh, Shaq would say. Um, but more importantly, in the Giannis department, uh, also shared on the Bucks Instagram was uh, Giannis's mom and youngest brother, Alex Anadokounmpo, attended a ceremony at the official residence of Greek Prime Minister Pardon me if I butcher this name, Kyriakos Mitsotakis, um, Greek Prime Minister, um, as Veronica and Alex are now officially citizens, um, and yeah, it's quite amazing that they've they've come such a long way um, since Giannis and Thanasis were fighting to receive their citizenship. Pardon me. Back around 2013, might have been a little later for Thanasis, but um, you know it's interesting now. Myself and I know many of you out there might be reading Giannis's book and uh, really getting a feel for more of the trials and tribulations that this family has experienced over the past decade plus. Um, getting back on track here with uh, Veronica and Alex Anadokounmpo um, gaining Greek citizenship this past Friday. Um, I wanted to share just a few excerpts from uh, Mirren Faden's, excuse me, Mirren Fader's uh, Giannis book um, that I've that I've since gone through, and these will only be a few passages. As I implore everyone to actually go out, go out and buy the book to um, read it themselves. But let's face it, plenty has been spoiled at this point, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but reflecting on um, how far the Anadokounmpo's have come from um, uh, Giannis and Thanasis gaining citizenship around uh, 2013 when, yeah, 2013, 2014. Um, slightly unclear exactly when when Thanasis um, was officially given citizenship uh, from Greece. But um, just the seven to eight year difference between Giannis and then even his uh, mother and youngest sibling being able to um, to become citizens, um, I think really shows um, just how much of pulling teeth it is uh, in order for them um, 
to be formally recognized in their country. And it's probably something that um, listeners and myself take for granted here. But this excerpt from the chapter, um, the beginning of America is uh, speaking about Samaris, uh, then Greek uh, prime minister, inviting Giannis and his family to visit them at uh, Maximus Mansion, the official seat of uh, the prime minister since 1982, and the Anadokumpos um, experiencing sheer joy, um, the unbelievable feeling of being in the mansion with the prime minister, um, being recognized by the same gov- government that had dragged their feet seven to eight years ago in granting uh, Giannis and Thanasis citizenship. Um, and, of course, that moment was a dream come true for all of the for all of them and then fast forward to uh the chapter reunited uh following one titled lonely detailing all the struggles that Giannis had gone through having to be in america all by all by himself um and even contemplating um if he if he wanted to give up and talking to his family about going back home because um the fame and fortune um even all of it that that the NBA provides uh, didn't feel worth it at times to uh, 18, 19 year old Giannis. Uh, if he couldn't have his family uh, alongside him, their points on on how Giannis would always would always check in on the master bedroom, which he had left for his parents when they would eventually arrive uh, months later, uh, just in case uh, when he go to practice that day. Um, just in case that was the day that, that his family would be joining him. Um, he unfortunately um, would check in with former Bucks general manager John Hammond uh, on a near, near daily basis to, to search for updates on his, on his family's ability to get into the country. Um, and uh, yeah, unfortunately Giannis wasn't, wasn't able to get the answer that he had hoped for 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 several months, and uh, uh, Bucks rookie, along with Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Nate Walters had touched on um, how much Giannis's uh, attitude and energy had picked up. Um, how it was night and day from when when he was here all alone to um, when his family had finally arrived, um, with the help of Herb Cole's assistant Joanne Antone, who. Just so happened to speak Greek, um, based off of based off of the book, it had seemed like that was not something that Herb Cole had had planned in order to help with the family's transition. And just a crazy coincidence, she had helped for months um, the family uh, acquire acquire visas. And there's even a rumor mentioned in the book that the then Secretary of State uh, John Kerry had been involved in bringing the rest of the Andekumbos to America. Back in 2014, Giannis, uh, 2013 and 14, Giannis was able to get a P1 uh, visa, which uh, is applied to athletes playing in the United States from Greece. And then the rest of the family, um, including Charles, Veronica, uh, Kostas, and Alex, just had P visas uh, for supporting parties, um, obviously providing uh, emotional support to Giannis at this time. Um, 
so yeah, it's just crazy. I had to I had to stop there for a second because, um, yeah, when I was looking when I was looking through the book, reviewing the chapters to see um, which areas would would best tie into, particularly the family struggle to gain citizenship um, from Greece, arrive in America, uh, and then still struggling in Greece when when they were all growing up. Um, yeah, I think the book does a great job of tying. Tying all of that, uh, all of Giannis's upbringing into, uh, you know, his game on the floor, and yeah, not to mention, of course, the um, fascist group of Golden Dawn, uh, Mirren Fader. I had joined a um, an event where she she was a, where she was speaking about her book along with Sports Illustrated's uh, Chris Herring. Um, she she had mentioned then how the Golden Dawn at one point was was the third largest party uh, political party that is in Greece and you know I had assumed that that there would have been more progress at that point but um, I didn't know until I read the book that that the point that uh, the Golden Dawn had seven percent uh, support in Greece which does not sound a lot but still the third third largest uh party then um they were this big when it was when it was still the late 2000s when obviously Giannis and his family uh were already there um so yeah just another testament to Giannis Giannis and the Antetokounmpo's incredible story um and yeah on a lighter note too I'm sure many have seen on social media where um Giannis Thanasis and Pat had brought a brought the new and young bucks to Greece recently. Um, yeah, off the top of my head, that including uh, Jordan Wara, Grayson Allen, Elijah Bryant, despite his controversial uh, anti-COVID vaccine post, uh, semi-ogile, uh, two rookies, Georges Kalitsakis and uh, Sandro Memo Kalashvili. Um Hopefully, I'm not missing anyone. They had joined the the three veteran bucks in Greece. Um, so yeah, if nothing else, the off season's good for for uh, for get, getting to see some uh, some team bonding and adding a little bit more uh, adding a little bit more positivity for the upcoming season. Um, I heard we might be only uh, two to three weeks away from training camp at this point, so uh, I look forward to more news coming out then to share with you all. But from outside of just the um, Bucks scope, uh, the Athletic Champs Sharani has shared uh, some updates as far as the rest of the NBA goes, including the NBA Board of Governors um, voting on the coaches challenge being the only way to approve uh, an out-of-bounds call with less than two minutes remaining uh, left in games, um, as opposed to now where it stands um, out of um, out of bounds plays are um, automatically uh, automatically trigger uh, a review for officials. Um, so yeah, this is obviously a great way to speed up the game. Um, we'll see how it plays out throughout the season. Um, I don't know. Obvious. I feel like myself, as opposed to as opposed to the national media, of course, those guys. It's literally their jobs to watch five games a night, and I don't have that capacity. Um, with my day job and of course being mainly focused on just one team, the Bucks, um, I 
I usually haven't taken too much, um, you know, much issue with with the length of games. But of course, I'm not exactly the target audience for this change either, because casual casual fans will be helped by by shortening of games like this. But of course, it might leave a bad taste in some NBA fans fans' mouth. Potentially, hopefully, not Bucks fans. If if the if if a game and especially an important game is altered by by uh by a miss we'll see hopefully that's not the case and hopefully it doesn't um hopefully that won't uh yeah hopefully that won't make or break a season i doubt it will um on another podcast i was listening to this week i know that that uh one analyst was talking about how the nba still ought to change it so that if a team if a team succeeds with their with their challenge then um then they ought to keep it as well. I don't believe that was that was nice, but I don't know. Of course, I, I of course I brought up the the little likelihood that this will have um, will really have a a strong negative impact on a team, uh, even if even if it costs them one regular season game. But I I, I think if I think it's overall to it's overall a good move to to bring to bring this in and hopefully uh, draw a bit more. Uh, fan fan interest uh, overall good for the league. Anyhow, more on the rest of the league. The uh, NBA's uh, competition committee is discussing uh, having an in-season tournament um, in future seasons that would include a uh, million dollars per player in prize money. You know, most analysts that I've heard had had suggested that that money would would really be the only effective way to incentivize players because uh, players don't necessarily care too much about increased lottery odds because that's really only increasing the chances that that a guy might come in next season to take some of their minutes um of course a million dollars in prize money might mean might mean uh a bit more to a tremont waters than a Giannis Antetokounmpo, but still a million dollars uh must be a pretty penny uh regardless at least i would say so um to me it's just like it's just a little interesting and i hope it's not too premature um just because they're discussing this now that doesn't mean it's going to come in next season but i have no way of saying whether it will or won't come in next year um as i'm guessing they had also been discussing the plan games for quite some time before it had come in this year but yeah i mean i think the idea of the league was to try and was to try to build off the momentum from the play-in tournament because it was largely it was largely an excess a success but i would just hope that that they're not getting just uh yeah too far ahead of themselves and um you know breaking away from the norm uh too much at once lastly here i just wanted to get into a little bit more general nba news and uh this is not along the same route as the ben simmons talk that we had that we had gotten to before but uh, John Wall and the Houston Rockets have mutually agreed to part ways and find a new home for uh, former All-Star John Wall. However, the catch is he has two years, $91.7 million remaining on his contract, and um, it also does not sound like he will want to uh, give back any of that money uh, due to his potential earnings there, understandably. So a buyout will not be part of an equation, and that means... However, that a trade will have to take place and someone else will have to take in that exorbitant amount. So a couple trades were thrown out there. Um, we could play a bit, uh, 
fun bit of armchair GM, as one does in the offseason. I believe my favorite one, although it might not be, um, you know, this might not be looked at in the most positive light uh, for Bucks fans, because uh, it would include sending Eric Bledsoe to yet another home. Um, but I believe a trade of between the Rockets and Clippers would be the best way to actually somewhat realistically get John Wall on a competitive team next year. I think adding him to to the Clippers along with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and their and the uh, all the other reinforcements that uh, that proof could be really helpful in a late playoff run could be quite meaningful, especially if Kawhi Leonard's able to come back for for the playoffs or even or even pretty late in the regular season. But of course, to get close enough to matching John Wall's John Wall's salary, the Clippers would have to send out Eric Bledsoe, uh, Luke Kennard, and Serge Ibaka. The only the only other salary. Uh, in that range that the Clippers have would be a Marcus Morris. However, I believe the Clippers want to keep Marcus Morris in that deal. It's hard to say right now that John Wall is is so valuable that that um, multiple pieces and Marcus Morris would really be worth it considering um, how important uh, Marcus Morris is and their small ball lineup. But then again, having having a guy like John Wall who can who can really penetrate the paint against in a uh, well, yeah, like they showed against against the Utah Jazz, even with uh, Rudy Gobert, and on a on a show I was listening to this week, they had talked about how maybe how another reason, actually, in contrast, the Clippers maybe not wanting instead of a Serge Ibaka, the Rockets may not wanted Kennard since he um, he just received his um, four four year sixty four million dollar. Uh, contract extension, which is a little rich, is going out so far. Who's to say at that point they may not want to use a bit more of their cap to sign other players to pair alongside the future of their team. Also, interestingly enough, on that same episode um, on this John Wall trade talk, they had mentioned how uh, the, they believe the Rockets' plan at this point uh, turned Kevin Porter Jr. into that uh, full-time point guard. My initial reaction includes a bit of skepticism. He seemed... To me, seemed a bit more of a pure scorer, maybe not, um, maybe maybe not the guy you would want, uh, you know, most involved in, in facilitating uh, for the rest of your team. But you know, as as Bucks fans here, we got to see uh, to see Kevin Porter Jr.'s potential on full display as he put up as he put up fifty points and ten assists against uh, even even a bit of a, even a bit of a less motivated uh, Drew Holiday. There, it's still a that's still that's still against an all defensive guard, so it might be foolish of us to, especially as Bucks Bucks fans, uh, shed any bit of doubt on a on a Kevin Porter Jr. there. But so that's really my favorite John Wall trade because um, it could get him on. I mean, I know all NBA fans had a ton of had a ton of fun watching John Wall, uh, especially uh, earlier the last decade with uh, with the Wizards there when they made some some deep playoff runs there but other ones suggested were um if the cabs were to send kevin love and shetty osman uh to the rockets in exchange for john wall uh huge caveat here is that the uh cabs might not be interested in this at all if if they were to hold on to both parts of sex land there uh, that being Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, um, as 
there's been plenty of rumors about particularly them not wanting to give Colin Sexton an extension. I personally haven't quite understood that as much considering where they are uh, at this point. Not very far or not, excuse me, not very close to really even playoff contention in the Eastern Conference. So I think they'd want to hold on to all the talent that they have. I don't know if it costs them a bit of money and I maybe even want to... Um, allocate more of those funds to a guy like Colin Sexton as opposed to Laurie Markinen or Jared Allen. But, of course, they already made their bets. So they have to lie in that for a while. Um, yeah, of course, Kevin Love is another extraordinarily negative value contract similar to a John Wall making close to an average annual salary, a million dollars. You know, that might equate a bit to Kevin Love at if he's at o- over uh, $30 million himself and and we're not even sure how much time he's getting. Him and Ashetty Osman, who the Cavs aren't necessarily married to, but he's making kind of a middling salary close close to that um, $10 million mark, but yet still only seven figures. He could pair well along with Love there. Yeah, not someone that, that I believe the, the Cavs are necessarily married to, but he, he is a vers- versatile forward that um, perhaps the Rockets could. And uh, finally, the last one here that... That was mentioned, although this is my least favorite, is if John Wall were to be traded to the Orlando Magic for uh, a Gary Harris and a Markel Fultz, uh, the two of them have a salary, uh, average annual, or yeah, pardon me, just next year's salary, um, getting to at least $35 million, so in shouting distance of uh, Wall's contract there, they'd be taking in a bit more money with John Wall, but... I'd say that could very well be an be an upgrade from for Markel Fultz, and I don't know if Gary Harris is is really long for uh, Orlando either. The catch is how you how you view um, John Wall taking minutes from guys like uh, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, R.J. Hampton, former technically Milwaukee Bucks draft pick who wasn't too excited to be going to. That's if he didn't know about the trade that was already determining. Him being uh, sent to Denver initially, as opposed to Milwaukee as part of that Drew Holiday deal. RJ Hampton, supposedly, um, he's pulling a Anthony Edwards and saying, I don't know, that might be a bit of a pipe dream believing that RJ Hampton could could play the, could even play minutes at the three to to fit on the court more with guys like those other young men. I don't know, if I were the Magic, if I were the Magic, I think I would, I would just stay away from this. Even if Wall is a clear up, upgrade from Fultz and you don't care too much about Gary Harris there, the priority there is probably Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton and making sure that, that they're able to able to Being able to have the playing time that they have without John Wall might be better than whatever guidance uh, John Wall would be willing to give them, even if he's accepting of that role. Anyhow, that's a good bit of... Uh, a little bit of off-season, non-books, armchair GM for you. Um, of course, we're not going to entertain any John Wall to the Bucks moves. We all know the Bucks certainly don't need that um, after winning a championship this year. And, uh, you know, Daryl Morey would, would definitely have too much pride to trade uh, Ben Simmons for John Wall as opposed to trying to get James Harden for John Wall just uh, nine months ago. So. That's enough for GM Devin here. With that, I'll see you in another life, brother.
Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.